grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. Welcome to this episode. We're going to be dedicating this episode to the Queen as on Sunday the 6th of February, it will be officially the Queen's 70th year as our monarch. So we thought we would give a little bit of a backstory about how that came to be, what happened, and go a little bit more in depth about Her Majesty and this absolutely monumental world record holding achievement. Yeah, so before we get into that, we'd just like to thank everyone that comments on our podcast, especially over on Instagram. And we'd like to give a special shout out to one of our listeners called Rachel. And she sent us um, some brilliant Spotify playlists to listen to, which um, was really interesting, especially there was a um, Desert Island disc with princess margaret amazing and you've listened to this already haven't you rach but i i've still got to listen to it this weekend so what have you what was your first thoughts on it yeah it's so insightful i mean to be fair she doesn't give much away but she does mention aspects about her childhood growing up during the war um she talks about when the war ended and her and elizabeth were allowed to be outside in the crowds and she says you know what a great moment that was and then she also talks later on about her love of ballet. Wow, that's that. brilliant. I can't wait to listen to this. Um, Royal Community, if you would like to listen to, I will pop a link in the show notes to the episodes and um, all the links, patronages, charities we ever speak about in the podcast will always be in the show notes for you so you can find them there. We would love it if you could rate and review our podcast, especially if you're over on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a five-star rate, leave us a five-star review and let's spread the word and create an even bigger royal community we've got so many people listening to the podcast at the moment it's quite scary how many people listen to the podcast (laughs) but in a good way but it's just wonderful to have you along for the ride and yeah thank you so much for being here let's move into the royal roundup for this week oh michelle let's start with portraits of the holocaust oh we spoke about it a lot in last Um, episode episode 48 in that we actually break down what was going to happen and then we said the documentary's out is coming out uh, tonight but we don't have time to talk about it but we'll talk about it in this week's episode Rachel talk to me I I cried like I literally towards the end of it I was bawling my eyes out (laughs) I was just I was like oh this is doing it to me no towards the end I was crying in the middle in the beginning all over the place what a remarkable documentary oh it's absolutely brilliant and to know that these portraits are going to stay within the royal collection it's just magnificent and um a reminder of what 
resilience these people have you just applaud them and everything that they've done and everything they continue to do wow just absolutely incredible um if if you're able to watch this if you're in the uk i'm not sure if someone might have put it onto youtube but definitely check it out get a vpn if you're um if you're <laughs> outside of the uk it's amazing survivors portrait of the holocaust and i will put a link again in the show notes as i said at the top of the show Right, so the RAF Regiment celebrated their 80th anniversary by changing the guard at Buckingham Palace. Now, the Duke of Kent, who's the Honorary Air Chief Marshal, was present on the forecourt. And later, the Duke attended a lunch at St. James's Palace to mark the special occasion. Oh, it's so lovely to see the Duke of Kent back. It was so nice. And also to see the changing of the guard, because it only happens on certain days and at certain times. I don't think I've ever seen it in person. Mm. I, I haven't seen her in person, no. Maybe that's something we need to put on the list, Rach, for the, the Platinum Jubilee. We have to see a changing of the guard. <laughs> Another thing yet to add <laughs> to our extensive list of things we need to do. Royal community, <laughs> the list is long, but it is fun. The list is long. I'm so excited. I said to you, didn't I? I think we're going to need to start like an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Thursday, eight o'clock. <laughs> what are we doing? We'll, we'll be like Charles and Camilla per minute. Per minute, we kind of walked on the street. 8.02, we're going to eat a croissant. 8.03, we're going to do this. <laughs> it's going to be mm. extensive. I'm so excited, though. I really, really am. And also, Michelle, I'm not sure of the date. I will have to double check. But this month is when the ballot opens for Party at the Palace. So if you're going to be in London and you want to try and get tickets for Party at the Palace then the ballot will open very soon and we'll let you know in the next week or so when that happens. Yeah, and if it's in between episodes on the podcast, always make sure to head on over to Instagram at Keep It Up With The Windsor's pod because, um, Rachel, you'll always stick, stick it up on stories, won't you? Yeah, definitely. So what's next for the Royal Roundup? Oh, we had Princess Anne sighting. Yay! Go, girl! So she opened the Chamwell Centre in Gloucestershire, which is a new specialist facility to help both adults and children with disabilities and their emotional and physical well-being. It was so lovely to see her. It was so nice. And today, she's also been handing out investitures at Windsor Castle. Go, the Princess Royal. Go, girl. Go, girl. As we know, come on, the Royal community, we know that the workhorse, which is Princess Anne, she's probably done about 60 things in this the week that hasn't been mentioned on any of the socials but I'm so glad she made it this week it's Lunar New Year Rachel and we want to just I know we want to extend all of our um, happy new years to everybody who is celebrating from the royal community and guess what Charles and Camilla sent a statement out in honor of Chinese New Year and said as we enter the year of the tiger known for courageous action and rising to challenge and adventure I hope the whole world will make this a year of action which I thought was lovely. And then guess what, Rach? We saw them in Chinatown in London. I love this so much. Oh, this was brilliant. It was so colourful and vibrant and just a real celebration. It was absolutely amazing. And I think red is Camilla's colour. She looked fabulous with reds and I like that they had to paint some Chinese symbols and what else did they do Prince Charles played the drums as well they gave him the sticks and he had a little go and I was like this is amazing 
so what else were they doing whilst they were there? Charles met with members of the local community, local businesses and the police who spoke about the impact of hate crime towards Chinese and wider East and Southeast Asian communities. Not just kind of talking about the problem, but also how they're tackling it and what they can do to combat it. Um, And whilst Charles was doing that, Camilla was visiting the Chinese Information and Advice Centre, speaking with police officers, immigration caseworkers and clients. So it wasn't just a, oh, let's have a photo opportunity next to the Chinese celebrations in Chinatown. They really got to work there, listening to the community, listening to what was worrying them and, and how to tackle that. So yeah happy new year everyone happy lunar new year and just the fact i know obviously the biggest asian community is chinatown but whenever i'm in london i'm always near chinatown i never see charles and camilla (laughs) (laughs) damn it (laughs) i know i know right and you know anytime i see anything in central london i'm always like oh i work close to there and i remember walking down that street at two in the morning and blah 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 blah. so yeah it's just weird seeing them in places you know isn't it guess what michelle go on what we had a best moment oh i love it i absolutely loved this i'm gonna be very honest with your royal community and i haven't heard about this engagement i've missed it this today so rage tell us everything oh so today as patron of battersea dogs and cats home camilla toured the browns hatch center and met some of the adorable animals and her rescue dog beth who is from battersea went head to head with paul o'grady's dog now paul o'grady is a tv presenter here in the uk and hosts a show called for the love of dogs which I absolutely love it's amazing I mean, it, it's so good yeah and he's dog sausage I mean what a cool name for a dog sausage <laughs> went head to head with Beth on a training challenge and Beth won yay Beth go Beth oh yes sorry sausage and there's a really sorry, cute picture sausage. Of... <laughs> he's silly sausage <laughs> I know I had hot dogs for dinner as well so they were vegan ones by the way royal community there was this really cute photo of one of the people that work at Battersea handing over the rosette to Beth and Beth's obviously trying to bite it Camilla's like pulling it away oh Beth's trying to bite it I mean she unveiled a plaque the dog can do no wrong she unveiled a plaque I know I know she needs her own patronage doesn't she (laughs) she needs to become the face of Battersea right she does And then we had the most amazing news today that the Duchess of Cambridge has become the patron of Rugby Football League and the Rugby Football Union. Wow. (laughs) Now, this was rumoured last year, but obviously it wasn't confirmed and it was embargoed until 7am this morning. I don't know why they do this. 7am. And then obviously we saw Catherine at Twickenham. And that's probably why it was embargoed until this point. Yeah. yeah. And she's taken over this patronage from Prince Harry. And we saw a video of her, of a very sporty Catherine, <laughs> virtually passing the rugby ball to other players. Uh, and even, sp- did you see her spinning the ball on one finger as well? Oh, yeah. Like- and... Did you see her being hoisted in the air? <laughs> Did you see how high she went up? Wow. There was one video on her Instagram and then there was a reel and the reel was her, like she was actually in the rugby stadium and she kicked the ball and it went right through the post. I was like, wow. She, I think she's Superwoman. I really do. She, There's nothing she can't do. 
She's one of those. You're those people at school where they're good at everything. I think this is Catherine. But Shell, there is going to be a bit of, um, what's the word? Rivalry. Rivalry between William and Catherine because William is the patron of the Welsh Rugby League. Go, William! Welshies united, <laughs> yes! So it'll be interesting to see if and when William and Catherine turn up at a match yeah. together. And for anyone who doesn't know what rugby is, because I know it's a very specific sport, um, it's not football, it's not soccer. It's um, very hands-on, isn't it? It's, it's a little bit like American football, but there's no, like, um, big plays. They don't do it like that. Yeah. Um, and it's got very specific rules. And if, I gosh, this is a while back now, but if you ever watched rugby and Red Ross, that episode where he plays rugby, that's the game. She so was talking about friends, by the way, everyone, just in case you Yes, know. friends, yeah. Did right. I not say friends? Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Rugby is massive in the UK. Maybe not as big as football, but it is massive. And especially in Wales, everyone watches the rugby games, everybody. And the most anticipated game for us Welsh watchers, our viewers, is Wales versus England. So I'm going to be rooting for team William <laughs> and you obviously are going to be rooting for team Catherine so yeah it's going to be quite interesting to see this as it, as it unveils as we carry on yeah and I think um it's one of those things isn't it where why was Catherine chosen to be patron um but obviously as we know she's a very sporty person and her sister Pippa actually did an interview back in uh, 2014 and she said that as a family they absolutely love rugby yeah and they used to go and watch it at the weekends and throughout the years we've seen pictures of William and Catherine together at rugby matches and she obviously knows what's going on like yeah she might not play it herself but I don't know she looked pretty good on those videos (laughs) (laughs) what do you think they do a bit of tackling at home Well, you know, ne- you never know. I'm sure she's got a coach coaching her through. I well, mean, she's had Emma Raducanu, so who can she get from the rugby side to help her? I know, I know exactly. Brush up on her skills. <laughs> well, we have that. I mean, we're just touching the surface on the engagements this week. It's been really fun, actually. The engagements um, that we've seen. Charles was at a Catholic church meeting a lovely little girl who did a massive curtsy, which was just adorable. Camilla has also been in Rochester, is that right? Yeah, so this this was today as well, the same day as Battersea. She visited the Guildhall Museum where she, she was greeted by characters in Victoria costume from the Rochester and Chatham Dickens Fellowship. Wow, that's a hobby, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, you know me, if, if, I, if I could dress up like I was in Bridgerton, I so would. <laughs> you would, I know. I know, definitely. Well, um take a deep breath in and out that is the royal roundup for this week let's move on to our little celebration of her majesty's 70th to um give you all of the lowdown all the all the little bits of information some facts and some history about how the queen came to be queen and also what happened so let's get into the royal news for this week The Queen's father, King George VI, was a heavy smoker and subsequently, because of this, he developed lung cancer. 
On the 23rd of September 1951, he underwent surgery to remove his entire left lung. And if you've seen The Crown, you know that this was performed at Buckingham Palace. Buckingham Palace. Yeah, yeah. And I think today, if that happened, they might have only taken part of the lung out, not the whole thing. But we don't know how extensive his cancer was. Well, yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean... You, you can never tell until you start operating, really. Well, I'm not a doctor, but that's my guess yeah. anyway. <laughs> doctor Rachel in the house. We love it. On the 31st of January, despite doctor's orders, the King went to London Airport to see Elizabeth and Philip off on their tour of Australia. And the reason being that Elizabeth and Philip were going was because the King was ill. Yeah. And at this time, nobody apart from close family members knew of his predicament and that he had cancer. It wasn't the time of today where we have social media. Yeah. Obviously, they still had the press, but it wasn't as extensive as it was back in the 50s. You could go on holiday and that's it. You're on holiday. No one knows where you are. They don't know whether you're OK until you come back and go, oh, here's my holiday snaps. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. And I want to do a little uh, cheeky plug here, Royal Community. If you want to know more about our ins and outs of the crown, um, especially talking about this uh, topic then go to episode 30 our crown special and that is um, connected all to series one of the crown now if you've seen the video footage from this time the king looks you can tell he looks gravely ill and this was the last time that elizabeth would see her father and this was actually his last public appearance before he passed away he he knew he was dying didn't he Oh, yeah. And you can yeah. see the anguish on his face, can't you, when you watch that footage back? I've never seen it, Rach. Have you not? No, I've never seen it. I, oh. I definitely need to get on and YouTube this when I when we're done. Raw community. If we can find a link to it, Shell, yeah. you'll put it in the notes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because the other thing is that if that is the case and he knew how bad he was, then that would be he would know that that would be the last time he'd see his daughter again. And what, what a harrowing thought, yeah. really, isn't it? So sad. So six days later, at 7.30am on the 6th of February, the king was found dead in his bed at Sandringham, and he had died in the night of, of coronary thrombosis at the age of 56. It's young, isn't it? 56. So young. Yeah. And obviously there was reports that the day before he actually went shooting and then was at dinner with the rest of his family, so his wife and Princess Margaret, um, and nobody thought anything of it, you know, it's just the king went to bed. But unfortunately, the next day he was found by a servant and he had passed away. Prime Minister at the time, Winston Churchill, was informed. But it was four hours later that the news reached Elizabeth. Because, again, it's technology. You you kind of think these days, and it's not until you watch The Crown, where you see that room where they're all putting in, you know, the little what they called um yeah like the, tr- the the telephone operators where they have to yeah like, um what well, they have to plug in don't they to uh, connect the calls get a connection yeah. yeah at this point elizabeth and philip were staying at a fishing lodge in Sagana in kenya and it was first relayed to a senior courtier who passed it on to elizabeth's private secretary martin charteris who then telephoned prince philip's aide commander michael parker yeah mike parker who we know in the crown yeah and it was kind of one of those, you know, where where is Elizabeth? Because they didn't want the news to get out and before she found out, because although, she, you know, this news was massive and she would be now queen, at the end of the day, it's her father passing away. So, yeah, you know, that's still like a really personal moment, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, because I think you're 
you're you have to balance that personal and professional boundary in a way because it's both she's now become queen this is her country now but also that's her dad and he's passed away and it's really sad and we need to let her know as as quickly as possible the worst thing would be for her to find out from somebody else and I think that was the main the main goal wasn't it yeah because it was already this sounds like old-fashioned it was reported on the wireless it was breaking over the radio <laughs> yeah. that the king had passed away but as we said like Elizabeth didn't know and Mike Parker alerted Philip to the king's death who then broke the news to Elizabeth so Mike Parker actually later recalled about Philip he looked as if you'd dropped half the world yeah. on him he did and really you know that must have been what it felt like and and let's also put it into perspective the queen has two very young children and they were just about to go back to Malta they were going to have a life as such do you know what yeah. I mean well yeah because Philip was had a successful navy career at that point yeah and she was basically going to be you know, the 1950s housewife as such, wasn't she? She was, and she was ready for that role. And I think she would have really enjoyed it because, you know, nobody thinks somebody's going to pass away at 56. Yes, okay, the life expectancy was a bit lower at that time, but 56, especially for a king, is is very young. Mike went on to say he took the queen up to the garden and they walked up and down the lawn while he talked and talked and talked to her. And Martin Charteris, who arrived shortly afterwards, said she was sitting fully erect fully accepting of her destiny. I asked her what name she would take. My own, of course. What else? I said to Phil, I was like, you do know King George VI is called Prince Albert, don't you? He was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you do realise that Prince Charles might be King something else. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was having this conversation with someone the other day and I said, because you do know that Queen Victoria, that wasn't her name. And they were like, what are you talking about? What? I've never heard this before. I was like... Her name was Alexandrina. Yeah. And they were like, what? <laughs> and then they actually Googled it. I was like, I'm not making it up. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've had that question um, on the podcast before. What name is Charles going to be called when he becomes king? Yeah. I can't remember what episode that is, but I'll pop that in the show notes too. I'm giving myself a lot of homework here, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> so what happens now? So um, the queen has just said, my own, of course. What else? So what else, Rach? So once the news was confirmed, preparations for the onward journey, because obviously they were supposed to be going to Australia, were abandoned and attentions turned to matters of state. So Martin Charteris was charged with opening and preparing the sealed accession documents, which had been taken on tour as a precaution, given the ongoing nature of the king's illness. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's just part of the the job, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Morning clothes were then transported from Mombasa and telegrams were drafted and sent to her Kenyan hosts, as well as those expecting her in Australia and New Zealand. And letters were penned to her mother and sister. And when it came time to leave, Elizabeth asked that no pictures were taken of her. And this was honoured at her request. Yeah. So the reporters mindful of what she was going through her father's just passed away you know it's a sad time yes she's queen you know give the woman a break you might not have seen the um, video of the king but have you seen the video when she comes off of the plane and yes I have she's greeted by Winston Churchill isn't she and other dignitaries and I think this is this is another point to make here it is the death of a family member in order for you to have that duty and plus it's a very very 
heavy role to have. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Exactly. So this isn't a, yay, I'm queen now. What am I going to do with my country? It's not that. It's an honor, but also a very, very heavy duty for any person to take on board. So it's it's not a party. It's a celebration that she's got 70 years under her belt, but that's a long slog, 70 years. Yeah, and like we've said before, she'll be spending this Sunday at Sandringham. It's the anniversary of her father's death. She's probably not going to be reflecting on the fact that she's the longest reigning monarch of all time. She's probably going to be thinking about him. I mean, that's what the yeah. Platinum Jubilee is for. That's what the celebrations in June are for. Sunday is not going to be a time to celebrate. Yeah, it's a time of mourning, actually, isn't it? In remembrance for her father. And Martin Charteris, who, as we said, was the princess's private secretary at the time, when they were on the plane, he said, you know, as we said, she was sitting fully erect. You know, she was probably in shock of everything that had just become of her. Yeah, But there was a point where she went into the bathroom and she was in there for a while and she came out and she had obviously been crying. And that was apparently the only emotion that she showed because she can't step off of a plane and the whole world's press is watching her and be bawling her eyes out, can she? It's not like if you and I had found out that our, our father had passed away, you know, everybody's watching. Yeah, everybody. And everybody wants to see their new queen. And they're like, well, no, I'm not ready for that. I'm I'm in pain. I'm, I'm grieving. So what happened then when she arrived back in London, Rach? So she arrived back on the 7th of February to find the nation in mourning with flags flying at half mast, theatres closed and sports events cancelled. The following day, let's not forget at this time, Elizabeth was only 25. She addressed privy councillors and representatives from the City of London and the Commonwealth at an accession council in St James's Palace. And in a statement, she said, by the sudden death of my dear father, I am called to assume the duties and responsibilities of sovereignty. My heart is too full for me to say more to you today than I shall always work, as my father did throughout his reign, to advance the happiness and prosperity of my peoples, spread as they are all the world over. So like we said, she hasn't had really time to mourn. She's been thrown into the deep end, hasn't she? She has. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And like you say, you know, actually, not only is she grieving the death of her father, she's grieving the death of the life that she was going to have. Like, that's completely washed away. And the same with Prince Philip. Like, we talk about the Queen, but it was his journey too. He was along the ride with her. You know, having that image and that hope and they were going to move to Malta, they were going to have this amazing life. And now it's back to duty from then on. She has, I don't want to say she hasn't put a foot wrong. I'm sure she's a human being, but yeah, I think there's times throughout her reign that not she's put a foot wrong, but when Diana passed away, for example, everybody was saying, Where is our queen? We haven't heard anything, we haven't seen her because she was at Balmoral with Charles and the children with William and Harry, and they wanted to, you know, be grandparents and protect them from the press and from the prying eyes of the public. And unfortunately she is queen she's got a duty to uphold diana was the people's princess she was loved by many adored by many yeah and that was a real moment when the prime minister at the time tony blair had to step in and said look you need you need to be doing something because the people are not happy you need to show your face and there was that famous one of the only times really that she's given a live speech 
is when Diana passed away and she went back to Buckingham Palace and she said famously, I'm talking to you now, not as your queen, but as a grandmother. And we look back at moments of her reign and it's, it's quite strange, isn't it? Because you think, oh, in the 70s, the queen was there. In the 50s, the queen was there. You know, it, 2000s, the queen was there. Like there's something so foundational about having a figurehead, having a monarch, that has been continuous for that amount of time. It, it, it I, I can't tell you how instilled within me a, a sense of strength for, um, you know, for our culture, for our nation, for the Commonwealth, because of who she is and for how long she's been able to reign. And long live the Queen is all I can say about it. You know, I think I, 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 I would love her to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's really interesting is her role now isn't the same as what it would have been in, say, for instance, Queen Victoria's reign. Yeah. She hasn't got the powers that a monarch would have had all those years ago. Mm. But like you said, she is the figurehead. She is a constant. And that's what I admire about it. As you know, she's probably my favourite royal. Yeah. Just because she's so steadfast and she's always been there. And I, I just, I just... I mean, you know, I, I cried when I saw her. <laughs> yeah, you did. But that's, that's that's the effect that she has on people. I'm not saying everyone would cry when they if they saw her, but well, most people would, I think. She's that elusive person. You don't know a lot about her, but you feel like you do. We don't know the person behind the crown. Yeah, and that's what's I think that's what's been really key in her reign. I mean, can you imagine if she had become queen at 25 in this day and age? I know. Like how different that would be. Mm, how very, very different. The world has changed so much since she since she became our monarch. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so many, so much, so much has happened that it's just um, it's a different world now. And it would be interesting to see what would happen if it, it was now that she had become queen. Yeah, I know. Remember when the queen called Philip her strength and stay? I really believe that the Queen has been our strength and stay through these 70 years. And I hope when she goes to sleep at night, she's proud of the job that she's done and continues to do because she's absolutely remarkable. And I think so many people respect her the world over. And I couldn't imagine doing the same job for 70 years, could you? No way. Could you imagine? Could you imagine doing the same? And also a job you never chose. (laughs) Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She never chose it. But I want to say something, though. um, And then I think I'm done with talking about the Queen because I could be here forever and ever. Amen. But she's probably the only person in in living history that's met Winston Churchill, Neil Armstrong, I don't know, Donald Trump and a Spice Girl. You know, like you think (laughs) of all the people she's met. She is like, there's nobody on earth has ever had her life experience. And it's what a life that she's had. It's amazing. And not just that, but what a reign she continues to have going forward. And I'm so excited to be with you, Rach, to celebrate on the mile with all the royal community in June. It's going to be amazing. Thank you, Mum, for your service, your passion, your 70 years dedication to our country, to our Commonwealth, to the people that you you serve so, you know, steadfastly. And to finish off, I think we can all agree it's been a glorious 70 years. God save the Queen. With that being said, let's say thank you so much, Royal Community, for being part of 
the podcast thank you so much for joining us over on youtube if you want to see rachel cry about the queen we have an episode on youtube where rachel um, sees the queen for the first time in her life and we also have a video over on youtube where we go to the memorial of king george VI and the queen mother so if you haven't checked that out because it's absolutely incredible it's just on the mall just past clarence house blinking you'll miss it sometimes you probably wouldn't even realize you're walking past it but it's, it's a wonderful memorial. Royal Community, over the next coming weeks and months, we will be talking more Platinum Jubilee um, details. And, you know, whatever comes up, we you'll be the first to know. We'll, we'll let you know on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. If you'd love to contact us, you can email us, keepingupwiththewindsorspod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at keepingupwiththewindsorspod. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Keeping Up With The Windsors. Yes, thank you so much for being here. It's amazing to be so connected to you all. Thank you so much for all your comments, your lovely reviews, and also for your DMs over on Instagram. We love it. Come along, say hi. (laughs) We love connecting with people and we can't wait to meet some of you at the Platinum Jubilee. Oh, I can't wait to meet you all. Yes, thank you so much for being here. We will see you next week on Keeping Keeping Up up With The the Windsors. Windsors.